Hello again. My name is Todd Martin from Smithville Mennonite Church, and it is wonderful to be with you now to gather around God's Word and hear what He has to say to us today. And now, if you don't mind, I'd just like to pray for a little bit. Lord, I just ask that you would speak through me, and Lord, that there would be so much more of you and so much less of me. Through Christ I come. Amen. Now, for those of you who perhaps have heard me preach at Smithville Mennonite, uh, you've probably heard me share that in my first 10 years here, I preached out of 33 of the 66 books in the Bible. My goal was then to over the next 10 years, unless Jesus returns, to try and preach out of the other 33 books. Well, I don't know if you've kept track but we've been in the New Testament for the last seven months. Now, I love the Gospels and believe we all need to know the New Testament. But the Bible itself says all Scripture is God-breathed and useful. That's from 2 Timothy 3.16. So, I'm going to move us into new territory in the Old Testament. The section towards the back of the Old Testament, known as the Minor Prophets. We're going to camp here for the next three weeks, getting a word from three under-preached little books. Now, I would invite you to go in deeper with these books, studying with a good commentary, one like the Enduring Word Commentary online. You can look it up. That is a great one or another that you like. I also think it's a great time to grab a hold of some of these books and get a group together and see what else God might want to say to you through these minor prophets. These books are small in size, but mighty in message. And speaking of message, you've also heard me share my quest for another translation of the Bible to preach from. Since the NIV 1984 is now out of print. Well, for the last three years, I have read a different translation cover to cover. And one of those was The Message by Eugene Peterson. Though I won't pick it as my main preaching translation, there were several sections of the text that really spoke to me. And today, you're going to hear one of them. This section stopped me in my tracks as I was reading along, and I thought, now here is a message we need to hear. And this is from the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet that preached uh, approximately from the years 750 to 722 B.C. His story is a tragic yet triumphant love story. He was literally told to go and marry a woman who would be unfaithful to him, just like God's people were being unfaithful to God. And then to keep loving and take her back, even through her unfaithfulness. The story itself is rather raw. Perhaps we might call it PG-13, but it's worth reading. And with only 14 chapters, 
it's a relatively quick read as well. Now for our message today, I'm only looking at the last chapter of this book. Its call is so clear and compelling, it can still speak to us in our time. I don't know one person who hasn't struggled with sin. Even after committing their lives to Christ, this is the true beauty of the good news. This is what the gospel is all about. Friend, it's not that we never mess up, but when we do, we know we can always come back. We can always be forgiven and always be loved again. This is where uh, those who want the sermon in six seconds, those whose attention spans may already be stretched to the limit. Let me just give you the sermon in six seconds. It's not too late to return to be forgiven and be loved by God. Let me give it to you one more time. It's not too late to return to be forgiven and be loved by God. Again, this is the essence of the gospel. So in this, we can see Jesus in Hosea's message. If you have ever doubted whether God really does love you, you need to hear this message. If you have even wondered if you could ever forgive someone, you need to hear this message. God's love and plan for our lives is so beautifully described. I wonder why this isn't on more decor items or billboards. Let's open our Bibles to Hosea chapter 14 so we know where it is. And then I'm going to be reading from the message translation. Now, if you have a message Bible, that's just great. You can follow right along. And I, I really would recommend uh, that you, you go get a message translation because there are some beautiful passages in there that I think uh, the message really illuminates the, the text well. Uh, but if you don't have a message Bible, I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes and listen to the text as I read it. Uh, then if you want to go back and kind of scan the text uh, as I'm preaching about it, you can do that. So I'm in Hosea chapter 14, and I'm going to re be reading verses 1 through 3. Again, by now, I hope you have your Bible out because I'm going to start right in. in Hosea, Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. O Israel, come back. Return to your God. You're down but you are not out. Prepare your confession and come back to God. Pray to him. Take away our sin. Accept our confession. Receive as restitution our repentant prayers. Assyria won't save us. Horses won't get us where we want to go. We'll never again say our God to something that we've made or made up. You're our last hope. Is it not true that in you 
the orphan finds mercy. Again, you know that I like to give you sub points. Uh, we stop for a moment in the text and I give you just a little, a little tidbit of perhaps what I'd like you to grasp in this section. Verses 1 through 3, come back to the one who loves you. Come back to the one who loves you. And then I'm just going to give you a, a short but rather piercing um, application question. What do you need to confess? What do you need to confess right now to God? You know, one of my favorite taglines is, we'll leave the light on for you. Do you remember who that was from? You remember, remember where you heard that? That's right. Tom Bodette from Motel 6. We'll leave the light on for you. Isn't that nice to know that this hotel, Motel, will leave the light on for you? But you know what? Somebody else leaves the light on for you. And that's God. He leaves the light on in his house. But what light are we talking about? I'm talking about the light of confession, repentance, and hope. That's the light that Hosea turns on for us and leaves on for us. This is a powerful pattern for maintaining healthy relationship with God or really anybody. Let's just be honest for a moment, can we? We all mess up. We all sin. We all do things that we shouldn't. And most of the time, we know it. Now, for Hosea's wife, it was sinful sex. She was a prostitute. In other words, she sold her body for sex. She had sex outside of her marriage. And that's wrong for her. And it's wrong for us, too. God created sexual intimacy for only one man and one woman for life. Anything outside of this, real or virtual, is cancer to your soul. That's what sin is, friend. Sin is cancer for your soul. It hurts you, and eventually it will kill you. That is, unless you confess. The verse says, prepare your confession." You need to actually think about your sin. Think about the wrong things that you do, especially if it's sexual, as that affects your whole being and usually affects other people. You need to speak out what this evil is. That's what confession is. It's speaking out. It's admitting the evil. Now, what does that sound like? Well, for instance, maybe you need to say, Lord, looking at porn is evil. Or you could make it even personal, which you should. Lord, when I look at porn, it is evil. Or perhaps you could say, Jesus, what I post on Instagram is evil. Call it what it is. Because there's power in our words. Then, just like the verse says, ask him to take our sin away. Now, this is where 
the rubber really hits the road. It's often in that moment when we ask God to take our sin away, God will instantly tell you what you need to do. Like this. Delete your Instagram account. Delete your Facebook account. Get rid of your phone. Get rid of your laptop. Get rid of your internet. This is the essence of repentance. Turning around. Moving physically away from your sin that you just confessed. Friend, it's letting it go. Here's the problem. Sin is really sticky stuff. Or like my favorite sign sermon says, sin splatters. Uh, for those who may not know, uh, our church is located on State Route 585 just outside of Smithville. And we have this wonderful ministry of uh, putting little sign sermons out there. Uh, that's one of the things our church is famous for, uh, these inspirational and and sometimes challenging sign sermons that we put out there. You know, if you have one that you would really like to see out there, uh, send it to me. Give me a call. Let me know what it is. And perhaps it'll make it out there for a week or so. But like I was saying, one of my favorites is when I just put out on that sign, sin splatters. Uh, you think about that because that's what it does. This is the main reason or I should say one of the main reasons, God gave us each other. That is, God gave us the church to help each other escape from sin. You can and should confess your sin to God, but that is rarely enough. We need people in our lives who will hear our confessions and help us to repent. But this is rough, friends. This requires supernatural abilities far beyond our own capacities. This, friends, is when we attempt to love people through their sin. Oftentimes, this is the only thing that gives gets someone that gives someone who is caught up in sin hope. The light of hope shines through the darkness of sin and says, you can do it. You can be free. There is better just ahead. Keep trying. I'm with you. Friends, those are the things that hope says. Those are the things that people who are walking with people, who are struggling with sin, those are the things that they say that can keep the light on. Hosea's wife had sex with other men. But Hosea took her back. Literally, if you look in the text, he bought her back. He bought his own wife back. Walking with someone in repentance usually costs a lot. But it's often their only hope as they seek freedom from sin that is killing them. So, I need to ask that simple yet powerful application question. What do you need to confess? Maybe for the rest of our time, you just need to prepare your confession. What do you need to say? Who do you need to say it to? 
you know, you might just want to hit pause on the podcast or just turn off your radio because maybe that's where you need to be right now. You need to prepare a confession and then get ready to say it. You know, I'm amazed. Uh, I'm the pastor at Smithville Mennonite. I'm not a Catholic priest, but I'm amazed at how many people will confess their sins to me. There's something so freeing about it. And it's something that I can do for people to move them on the journey towards freedom. Friend, what do you need to confess? Will you have the courage to do it today? And here is where we find hope fully realized. And what is the result of this light shining in our lives? What is the end result? Oh, friends, listen to these powerful verses. Verses 4 through 8. I will heal their waywardness. I will love them lavishly. My anger is played out. I will make a fresh start with Israel. He'll burst into bloom like a crocus in the spring. He'll put down deep oak tree roots. He'll become a forest of oaks. He'll become splendid like a giant sequoia. His fragrance like a grove of cedars. Those who live near him will be blessed by him. Be blessed and prosper like golden grain. Everyone will be talking about them. Spreading their fame as the vintage children of God. Ephraim is finished with gods that are no gods. From now on, I'm the one who answers and satisfies him. I am like a luxurious fruit tree. Verses 4 through 8, here's your sub point. Here is how the healing is happening. Here is how the healing is happening. Now, this is another uh, rather, rather sharp application question. I'd like you to really think about it. What satisfies you? What is it that satisfies you? From what do you get satisfaction in life? Now, there is a very powerful draw to this section of Scripture. Uh, I want you to read it again, whether you have the message or not. Uh, you should read it again because everybody wants this. The imagery in the text is vivid and beautiful. It paints the proper picture of what health and hope and happiness is all about. Look, look very closely. What does it say right in the first verse? I will heal what? I will heal their waywardness. Oh my goodness. That is such a powerful verse their waywardness. What does that mean? That means our, our waywardness, our desire to wonder, our desire to not go the way God wants us to go, our desire to do what God doesn't want us to do. 
It's why we like sin. Wouldn't it be great to not want to be bad? To not want to desire sinful stuff that only hurts us in the long and sometimes even in the short runs? This is the healing that God will bring. And when the wandering stops, oh my goodness, friends, the roots can go down deep. Did you know we are meant to be rooted? So much of our lives has no root, no deeper connection to God, to God's people, or even to God's places anymore. Now, some of these things are symbolic of our rootedness. My goodness, my cell phone is sitting right here and it just went off. I apologize for that. This is where flourishing can happen. Flourishing happens when we are rooted. You know, I love the phrase in the text, and you may want to go back and look at it. I will make a fresh start. You know, the longer I live, the more I realize I need fresh starts, especially with God. I wonder, do you need a fresh start with God? Just drink in the imagery. A crocus bursting up through the cold, hard ground. I know, I know spring was a long time ago. We can't even remember what snow looked like because it's been 90 degrees around here. But do you remember what that little crocus looked like when it burst up through the cold, hard ground? What about this? A forest of solid oak trees stretching up to the sky. Huge, solid oaks with deep roots. How about that splendid sequoia? You know, have you ever walked through a pine grove? That's kind of like what it would be like when you walk through a grove of cedars. The smell is so refreshing. Then to be blessed like living next to a golden grain field. I love driving through the countryside and seeing grain fields that have now turned golden. They're beautiful. They're majestic. These are images of desire and delight. This is the life of the forgiven and the free. I love that line where it says, you will be the talk of the town. You know, I bet you Hosea's wife was at one time the talk of the town, wasn't she? But it wasn't for good reasons. This time, you will be the talk of the town, not for your sin, but for your righteousness. Friends, this is talking about being done with fake gods of our world. Now we are answered and satisfied by the only true God. This is where I would just like to ask the challenging question again. What really satisfies you? Now, if you are unsure what truly satisfies you, I want to invite you to listen to or watch a song that's, that's quite popular now. It's called Graves into Gardens. It's by a worship band uh, from the Elevation Church. It's, it's Elevation Worship. In this next week, I would invite you 
to listen to that song. Look it up. Pay attention to the words because I think it really says it all. In fact, I wish uh, this chapter of this book would be sung in a song, but this is probably as close as I'm going to get right now. Let me read you these uh, lyrics. This is the song Graves into Garden, Gardens by Elevation Worship. It starts out like this. I've searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and you put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Yes, I know it's true. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all and you still call me friend because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. You know, that, that's a powerful song, and I think it, it captures the essence of this text. Go and listen to that song. I think it'll minister to your soul. Now, I'm going to finish up with what I think is the best part of the text. This is verses 8b through 9. Everything you need is to be found in me. If you want to live well, make sure you understand all of this. If you know what's good for you, you'll learn this inside and out. God's paths get you where you want to go. Right living people walk them easily. Wrong living people are always tripping and stumbling. Your sub point for 8B and 9, get where God wants you to go. Get where God wants you to go. And then I'm just going to ask you this question. What path are you on right now? Oh, friends, that, that last part of verse 8, that's your bumper sticker verse. That's the one that you should learn as your memory verse for this week. Everything you need is to be found in me. Ooh, that could be your memorization verse for this week, but the whole section of, of verse 9 should be your memory verse for the month. This is such a straightforward blessing. You need to keep it. I need the reminder that everything I need is found in God, and no one and nothing can compare. It sends you back to that Graves to Garden song. God's paths get you where you want to go. Friend, what path are you on? Do you even know where you want to go? Maybe it's time to get on God's path. Are you tripping and stumbling around, falling in and out of relationships or sins that are not good for you, getting bumped and banged around, searching for something to satisfy, but nothing ever does? Oh, friend, I hope that you would hear the call of Christ who spoke through the prophet Hosea, come back. 
Come back to the one who loves you most and best. Admitting our sin and confession. Believing that only Jesus can satisfy and then committing to the path he calls you to. Oh, friend, won't you come to him today? Let us pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the invitational nature of this text. And Lord, for that person who is listening right now, who can't seem to find the satisfaction in life that they've been longing for, I pray that they would reach out to you. I pray that they would seek you, especially through your word, and that they would find you. Lord, I thank you that you love us, no matter what we've done, and you call us back, seeking for us to confess and repent and commit to following you again. Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to us. Now I pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to be faithful to you and to everything you are calling us to. I ask this all in the strong name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.